Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Punk Rock MBA podcast. If you are enjoying the show, and I hope you are, I wanted to mention our Patreon because that is the best thing that you can do to support the show if you are so inclined. Patrons get access to every podcast a week early without any of the ads. There's also members-only channels in the Discord that I am super active in. I do Q&As, I do some giveaways, and for everyone who has asked, there's also a way to have me review your music or artwork or anything else that you would like to get my eyes or ears on. Every month, I do a call for submissions on Patreon. You post your work in the comments, and then I will review it live on Twitch and then post them to YouTube for everybody on Patreon as well. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, there's a link to that in the show notes for this podcast. Let's begin the new metal tier list. I will start with an easy one. No new metal tier list would be complete without corn. So we're going to start there. Here's how it's going to work. We're going to rank each of these bands in three different ways. Number one is how commercially successful they are. That is one relevant dimension. I mean, if a band sells millions and millions of records, that has to count for something, right? Number two is how influential they were because there are some bands that maybe didn't sell millions and millions of albums, but Uh, influenced lots of other bands who did and had some sort of significant impact on the culture. Number three is just basically how much I like them. That's probably the least significant factor, but you know, it's my stream. I'm allowed to include my personal taste. And actually for this one, we're going to include a fourth factor, which I'll weight very heavily their level of drip because that's a very important factor for new metal. So let's start with corn. Now, I think we all know where corn is going to end up, but Just to sort of see how we think about these ranking factors, let's start with the most obvious part, commercial success. So Horn has sold millions of albums. They have, I don't know, five albums in the Billboard Top 10 or something like that. Not the single most 
commercially successful new metal band, but definitely a huge band any way you want to look at it. Influence, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, they are the band that defined and started new metal. I talked this talked about this today in my Slipknot video and in my new metal video, but I feel like there's still some sort of misunderstanding, maybe about younger people who weren't for, weren't around for it, that maybe just don't understand exactly how important Corn was. I mean, they were literally like Nirvana when they came out. Everything changed overnight. It was that important, that big of a deal. Like there was before Corn and after Corn, and everything was different after that. They totally changed the game overnight. So I would rank them very highly on that. And do I like them? I do like Corn quite a bit. The first three albums are so great. I even like some of the later stuff, like Untouchables, I think is pretty good. Some really good songs on there that are kind of underrated. What's the dubstep album they did? People like talked a bunch of shit on that at the time and acted like it was them trying to hop on the bandwagon of the dubstep thing. Uh, but there's all these artists now doing like headbanger dubstep kind of stuff. And so actually, I think in hindsight, Korn was really ahead of the curve in seeing that coming, that bass music and dubstep in particular was kind of going to be one of the next evolutions of heavy music. So I, I think that that album aged very well. Now, in terms of drip, for anybody who doesn't know, when I say drip, I'm talking about fashion. How dripped out were these guys? When you looked at them back then, did you look at them and go, fuck, those guys look cool. I want to dress like that. And when you look at it now, do you go, Fuck, those guys look cool. I wish I could still dress like that. That is what I'm talking about. Let's look at some corn drip here. We'll play a little new metal bingo here too. First of all, look at this. Okay, nobody here is wearing a pair of pants that fits even a little bit. These are like relaxed fit jeans that you would go buy at Kohl's in like 1997 or whatever. And uh, I don't know what uh, what what field he has going on here. What is What is this? The numbers on his baggy ass... Gangster pants, I don't know. How many sets of dreads are in? Four out of five people in this band have dreads. Very important part of new metal drip. How many goatees do it? Four out of five people have a goatee. Goatees and soul patches, a very important part of new metal drip. And look, David is the only one that was like, he was not cooperating with the new metal look. I get it, but I'm a little bit disappointed. But dreads, soul patch, baggy pants, you probably got half your new metal bingo right there. And then these sort of like low tier, trashy streetwear kind of brands like Pony. That's another box you can check. Tribal Streetwear, another one. Very, very important brand in new metal. Corn has their own tag on the Tribal website. I feel like that says a lot. Oh, that's right. I forgot Fieldy had a signature shoe. Look at this. Did anybody ever get a pair of the Fieldy shoes? I feel like if you were to hang out at bus stops long enough, especially if they were near like a methadone clinic or a plasma donation center or anything like that, you would find somebody wearing a pair of the Fieldy shoes at the bus stop, like maybe nodding out or, you know, asking you for a cigarette or something like that. Probably still listening to a disc man in 2021. That's where I feel like you would find the Fieldy signature shoe by Tribal. Jerseys, that's another very, very important part of new metal fashion. Wallet chains, cargo shorts. So we're checking all the boxes here. I mean, obviously the Adidas tracksuit. We can't talk about corn without talking about Jonathan's Adidas tracksuits, like this purple sequin one. Look at these dreads here with like beads in them. Those are some high level new metal braids. I think it's obvious where corn fits on this list. Their music is great, very successful, super influential, and their drip is untouchable. So clearly, anybody who says that corn belongs anywhere other than on S tier is high. What's next? I want to have a good mix of some popular ones that everyone knows, so we check all the boxes. But I also want to get into the deep cuts, the really obscure shit. Soulfly is a good one. 
Does everybody know who Soulfly is? If you don't, let me tell you who they are. Soulfly is Max from Sepultura's band after he quit Sepultura. I remember liking this song, okay? My favorite part about Soulfly is that the guitarist, uh, Roy, I think, who's also in Shelter and some other bands, would play shirtless with a backpack on. That's very high-level new metal drip. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, Ludo says, the reason why he quit Sepultura is that the rest of the band wanted to fire Sepultura's manager, which is Max's wife. I, I do remember hearing that. The Chad Musco of guitar. Yes, exactly. I mean, this is definitely new metal. But it's like, it's like new metal groove metal, you know? We're 45 seconds into it. And as somebody pointed out in the chat here, we've already checked so many elements off the new metal bingo list. Soccer jerseys, camel pants, dreads, and tribal tats. You just got four elements on your new metal bingo in the first minute. Imagine just like driving through the desert to go camping or something and seeing them shooting this video. I spotted a pair of pumas. Pumas definitely count towards new metal bingo. Oh yeah, look, there's his backpack. Yes. There we go. His Jansport backpack with the strap over it. What does he have in this backpack that's so important? His snacks and supplies. Maybe he has some flares in case they get lost out in the desert. We may never know. The, oh, rings. That's another important element of new metal and butt rock drip. Excessive, ugly, chunky rings on men. Very important. I forgot about that, that they have that song. I'll jump the fuck up. There has never been a song with a more new metal title than jump the fuck up. Listen to this riff. Fuck God. That is a shit tier new metal riff. Jump the fuck up. God, this is the worst part about new metal is these fucking parts. boring, clean guitar parts that just make me like, all right, this song sucks. I'm turning this off now. Does anybody like these parts of new metal songs? Jump the fuck up! There we go. You got to show how crazy and unpredictable you are by whispering a spoken word part. You know what else fucking sucks? It's the Soulfly logo. The Soulfly logo is so bad. Why did they choose like the Chinese restaurant menu font? For their logo. It's baffling. And it's not like this was their first rodeo. You know, Max had been in Sepultura for what, like 15 years or something by the time they did this? Like he knew how to make a logo. The other guys in the band were all all, all veterans too. So I, I have no explanation for why the Soulfly logo is so bad, but uh, it definitely is. So where does Soulfly fit? In terms of commercial success, I would say, you know, they're okay. They, they did all right. Probably better than I better than I thought. Are they influential? I would say not really. Sepultura was very influential, especially KSID and Roots, but I don't know, was there anybody that's like, oh, Soulfly, hell yeah, man, that's my shit. Soulfly is our biggest influence. I don't think there is. Do I like them? Yeah, you know, I, I think they're pretty decent. That said, their drip really helps them out here. We got like 10 new metal bingo squares looking at Soulfly, Soulfly Drip. So I, I feel like that has to help them out a bit. I would have maybe put them on the C or D tier before, but thanks to their drip, and especially thanks to the guitarist's backpack, I'm going to put them on B tier. Any band that wears a backpack on stage can go no lower than the B tier. This is the rules. Drip is important, my friends. That's the lesson to be learned here. Who's next? How about Orgy? 
if you're not familiar with Orgy, the thing that they were best known for is their cover of Blue Monday. Who is this by originally? New Order. Yeah, that's right. It's really good, though. Very well done. Let's play New Metal Bingo before we get any further. Just in this one frame alone, I feel like we're going to check a lot of boxes. We've got an Ibanez Universe. I feel like that's a staple of New Metal. Back then, I think these are like the only seven string guitars you could get. This is from like, what, 90... 99, maybe? The bassist with shitty little short dreads. We've got this guitarist like bent over playing a shitty single note bounce riff. I mean, already we've checked several boxes in, in New Metal Bingo. The singer was really pretty. This video was really bad. It's like really boring. God, look at these guys. They all look like fucking models. How do guys in this shitty New Metal band have these like incredible chiseled giga chad jaws look at these dudes look look at that these chiseled chad jaws look at see look at that guy just giving you blue steel look at this goddamn jaw there's some interesting eyebrow action happening here i don't know what it is but i feel like it's very new metal any sort of wacky eyebrows or facial hair counts on our new metal bingo. As I remember, the people in this band had really fucking corny ass stage names. Oh God, yes. Amir Durak. Like, I'm here to rock, but Amir Durak. That is like the worst stage name ever of all time. I also think one of them maybe ended up being a really good songwriter. I can't remember. Anyway, I'll research uh, Orgy another time. That was a cover, though. That's a cover of Blue Monday uh, by New Order, which I actually think is a really good song, but, you know, they didn't write it, so they only get so much credit for that. Let's listen to an original and see where they fall. The late 20th century technology art form. If it's it, he looks like Andy Dick. He does. Again, look at the goddamn jaws and the eyebrows. Like, this is some high-tier drip. It's not your classic new metal drip. It's its own version, but... You know, the, the frosty purple lipstick. The dude looks like an e-girl from 2021, and you got to give him some props for that. Fuck. Look at that shit. This is like Karen meets Edward Scissorhands. You can't fuck with that. Oh, God, look at this. How many fucking e-girls would kill to have this look in 2021. These eyebrows, the crazy, like, two-colored Karen hair, the frosty lipstick. How many e-girls would kill for this look? The drip gods. They walked so Jeffree Star could run. They all look really tall. So I actually do think this band is good, non-ironically. Like, not the best band in the world, but they're good. Here's another... It's all very futuristic, isn't it? Where do they get the budget for these videos? Ooh, and look at that. I cannot get over their goddamn jaws. Do you guys know what Giga Chad is? I cannot get over how everyone in this band has, like, this Giga Chad jaw. They're like the androgynous uh, industrial new metal Giga Chads, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it, I'm jealous. I have an okay jaw. But nothing like these guys. I mean, look at that shit. I'm jealous at how pretty they are. New metal Ubermensch. Do you wonder what is 
Like these are expensive videos and they have like five of them. Well, I think we spent enough time on Orgy. Where does Orgy go? Commercial success. They did all right. Uh, influence, I would say, is probably zero. Like, is, is anybody influenced by Orgy? If they are, I want to meet this band because uh, that's kind of an accomplishment. How much do I like them? Yeah, I actually think they're pretty good. Not amazing, but pretty good. I would say the drip factor is real, but not not off the charts. So I'm going to I'm going to go with C or D tier. What do you think? C? Yeah, they don't suck. We'll put them on the C tier. That's the right place for Orgy. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, you can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use HyperFollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. So next up, we've got Cold Chamber. They were the next notch down from Horn and Limp Bizkit and System of Down and all that. This is their big song. I mean, the drip is off the fucking charts. And I made fun of them quite a bit in my new metal fashion video. And then Meigs, the guitarist, followed me on Instagram. And I was, I was like, oh, shit. Is he going to be mad at me? Because I made fun of his eyebrow piercings and stuff. But he had a good sense of humor about it. So uh, that, that was cool. I'm always happy when people can laugh at jokes. Bass tone is great. This video is... God, I mean, 
Okay, so we've got a white person with cornrows. <laughs> That's even more advanced than dreads. We've got a, uh, a facial piercing, and we've got some pretty thin 90s eyebrows right here. So we've already got three squares in our new metal bingo. Yes, she is the bassist. I mean, look at the candy here. You guys know what candy is? Like candy ravers? This is a candy raver. And all this stuff that they wear is called candy. More candy here. And you see, Des, he's got a little bit of candy going on. He, he's got his punk bracelets. He's got his candy raver bracelets. And then he's got this leather wrist cuff here. So I like how he has touched on three subcultures just with his like wrist jewelry. He's got punk, raver, and butt rock all in like... 12 inches of his wrists. This this is some advanced drip wizardry right here. This man knows what he's doing. Love that snare. Fishnet shirts, also very important. So many facial piercings. He's got a coal chamber tattoo. That's bold. Look how crazy he is. He's knitting with his toes. Don't mess with him. Cold Chamber was cheesy, but they were legitimately good at this style. Like, I wouldn't call them the most original band in the world, obviously, but they were legitimately really good at this. Where do we think Cold Chamber belongs? So, commercially, I think they did very well. Not as good as, you know, Corn and Limp Bizkit and stuff and Linkin Park, obviously, but I think they did do well. Uh, are they influential? I would say not really. Again, I don't know that anybody is like, oh, yeah, Cold Chamber, that's our number one influence because they didn't really do anything that other bands didn't do, you know, earlier and better. Do I like them? Eh, they're OK. Not, not bad. I think they're good at what they did, but they're just not original enough for me to choose to listen to it. But their drip definitely gives them a little bit of an advantage here. We've got to We've got to bump them up a notch for their drip. So I would say Cold Chamber belongs on the A tier. For those reasons, I think B tier would be fair too. You wouldn't be wrong to put them on the B tier, but I'm I'm gonna go with A. Kitty, that's a good one. Does everyone know who Kitty is? Kitty was branded as like the first girl new metal band. I don't like referring to people as like female fronted or you know a girl band or anything like that. So I, I I'm not into that stuff. But that is what they were sort of known as. It was noticeable because new metal was such a sausage fest. Other than Reina from Cold Chamber, I can't really think of any other bands with girls in it. And Kitty, like honestly, they were pretty good. I'm trying to find the words here because as I've talked about before, I'm speechless at the drip. I'm speechless at how Kitty truly laid the foundation for e girls. Look at this shit. It's got the eyebrow piercing, got this spiked collar, or as uh, as some call it, a thought collar. <laughs> the red hair, this like smoky makeup, and the bright red lipstick. If you were into this kind of girl back in the day, it does not get any better than her. But honestly, they were good. Like, this song is good. It sounds like Soulfly. The, the, the clean vocals... Maybe not the best. And look at this. This girl's got a nose ring and an eyebrow piercing and the Karen hair. We're checking so many boxes. If you don't have new metal bingo by now, I don't know what to tell you. I feel like you just haven't been paying attention. But this is why we don't need these clean parts in new metal songs because nobody likes this part. We like the heavy part. Just leave out the cringy clean part.
Yeah, they basically look like new metal Spice Girls. This is their other song. Charlotte. Here we go. Here's the bounce riff. I must also point out, they uh, now are just a straight up metal band and they're actually really good. They seem like cool people, so I'm I'm a supporter of Kitty. So where do we think Kitty goes? I would say a commercial success, kind of maybe the next tier below Cold Chamber. They did all right, but they didn't really have any hits, I wouldn't say. Influence, I don't really hear people bring their name up as, uh, as an influence. I would imagine there's probably a fair amount of girls, especially that got into metal because of them. So there is that, but maybe not super influential. I don't mind the band, but they're not my, not my favorite. The Drip, again... The drip is in their favor. The drip factor is real. You guys saw the Karen hair. I mean, they basically they basically dress the same as the guys in Orgy. You know, they look like models, like half Delia's, half Spencer's gifts from 1999. So that's uh, helpful. But I would go with C tier. But still, I, I think Kitty's cool. Uh, I like them. They seem like cool people. Don't think that by me putting a band in C tier that I'm talking shit or, or implying that they suck or anything like that. It's just... Not every band can be S tier. That's all there is to it. POD. Let's talk about POD. How many of you watched my uh, my interview with Sonny a couple weeks ago? I really liked that one. That was one of my favorite interviews that I've ever done. If you haven't watched it, I would suggest that you do. I really liked it. They were the Christian new metal band. Although, as Sonny and I talked about on the podcast, they never really define themselves as a Christian band in the way that a lot of other Christian bands do. But still, that's that's what they were. I thought they were very good. Like when Southdown came out, I, I was into it. South Southtown the song is what I think initially got them on the map, but Alive is the one that took them to the next level. The hi hat is so loud. When we got to play new metal bingo, we should add a PRS guitar to that list. That's one thing. PRS played through a Mesa boogie. Dreads, not white. But still, dreads on anybody count for new metal bingo. If they're on a white person, they you just get an extra point for it. I would bet that there's a pair of Airwalks or Pumas somewhere in this frame of the video. Baggy pants. This is a great chorus. Love this chorus. Definitely would be on some motocross video game soundtrack. Oh, look at that. Did you guys catch that? Yes. Not just any tramp stamp. Butterfly tramp stamp. Look at that. On these like low rise jeans from Delia's with a crop top, a, green, a forest green crop top. Come, my lady. Come, come, my lady. You're my butterfly. No whale tail. That's true. That's the only thing that would make it better is some whale tail. EOD is a Christian band. We There is no whale tail in their videos. Where do we think that P.O.D. belongs? One thing that I think people are not aware of is how popular P.O.D. was in the early 2000s. They were fucking big. Like that song and uh, Youth of the Nation 
and uh, boom. They would play these at like sixth grade graduations and high school basketball games and shit. They were all over MTV. That band was big. You know, they still are. But back then, that was their commercial peak. It was fucking satellite. That shit was fucking everywhere. So I would say as far as commercial success goes, very high influence. Um, you know, I don't know that anybody would name them now as an influence, but I do think that that was probably the band that got a lot of Christian kids into metal. Back then, it was like Christian parents wouldn't let their kids listen to secular music. I don't know if that's still the case, but it was back then. I would say that they uh, were influential in that way. I think they're a good band. And, you know, the drip, as far as that, like, tribal look, I think they pulled it off better than anybody. Korn did it well, but it was kind of, you know, it was, it was cringy. P.O.D. managed to do the, like, hood, dickies, and tribal kind of guy look without it being too cringy, in my opinion. So I would put them on the A tier, just below the big dogs. Mudvayne? Okay, yeah, no, we should we should definitely do Mudvayne. I remember when this came out, I was like super into like weird progressive metal back then, like Cynic and Atheist and Pestilence and Spastic Ink and shit like that. And I remember when this came out, uh, I was like, wow, these guys look like complete fucking tools, but they can play. This is... This is kind of cool in like a proggy sort of way. Here's the origin of the Berber Dang meme. Berber Dang, Berber Dang. Yeah. Drummer's really good. I mean, all of them are really good. I just can't handle the the level of cringe. Anytime there's a band with a dude with like makeup on his body, that's like an instant nope for me. That is like the most local new metal band thing you could ever do is the dude with the fucking goatee wearing like body paint trying to be like zany. Musically, it's good though. Look, oh, here's the ultimate I'm crazy face. This guy. Are there eyebrow piercings in this video? Let's look. Yep, there we go. Confirmed we've got an eyebrow piercing, sir. Proceed to bingo. And we've got the ball chain necklace. I just fucking hate any of this stupid... This is just like Midwest pro wrestling fucking insane clown posse shit. It's so cringe to me, and I can't believe that so many people are okay with it. It's so bad. The band is good, but... I'm struggling to find words here because it is so trashy and entry level. Just everything about this reminds me of some local band in Toledo. Obviously, they don't sound like that, but it's hard for me to separate the way they look from the way they sound. The baggy overalls. Yes, I heard that these were bugles that they painted and stuck on, which they do kind of look like that. So that it might be true. I think this shit is cringe, but I can understand why 12-year-olds who were from Toledo or whatever and drank too much Mountain Dew and stuff thought this shit was cool back then. Musically, it's very good. What I don't really understand is um, this song fucking sucks. The leather gloves, too. <laughs> is the plastic film still on the guitarist pickups? We need to find out. Look, you guys, I, I understand that nostalgia is a powerful thing for you, but the fact that people fucking worship this band in 2021 is baffling to me. I don't get it. Do you guys know what the name means? It's where the shit is in a shrimp. So you got to pull out the mud vein when you eat a shrimp so you don't eat their shit. 
Mudvayne is like the ultimate local band. They have some horrible name involving poop. Look at this logo. Their logo still looks like a fucking local band logo. They have no stage presence. I will admit that they can play very well. Where would we put Mudvayne? Commercial success. They did all right. Never the hugest band. Are they influential? People love them, but it, I never. nobody talked about Mudvayne until a couple years ago. So I would say no. I think they're a reasonably good band, but anytime people have this level of like crazy enthusiasm for a band that's not that great, it makes me want to hate them, but they don't suck. I'm going to put them on the C tier. They're in, they're in the same tier. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe B tier because they're, they're better than Orgy and Kitty. I'll, we'll, we'll put them on par with Soulfly. No drip either. They have the drip of a Toledo band that I would have seen in 1997 opening for some death metal band to, to four people. Coming up next in the new metal tier list, part two, System of Down, Deftones, Mushroomhead, Crazy Town, Slipknot, Linkin Park, Limp Biscuit, and more. Stay tuned. Coming up on the side stage, we've got Amber. Everybody put together, put your hands together for Amber on the side stage. Coming up on the main stage, we've got Jasmine, everybody. Put your hands together for these lovely ladies. And remember, everybody, front rows are pussy lovers only. I heard a strip club DJ say that once. And I think I was sitting in the second row and I was like, okay, good. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm ready for all the pressure of declaring myself a pussy lover. That sounds like more than I'm ready for right now. So I'm just going to stay here in the, sec in the second row. I'm good where I'm at. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that. And you can just sit at home thinking about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello out there. Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!